welcome everybody welcome listeners welcome welcome Spencer. welcome hey, thank you welcome cole welcome to you as well <laughs> we're we're here for the end of a journey or is it Seriously. the beginning of one it it definitely felt that way it was kind of like this is the end this is the end oh, oh it's the beginning it's just the beginning for also now. um i think based on when this episode releases happy valentine's day Ooh. from the podcast which i think it's kind of timely because this is the only percy jackson book that really handles uh romance on any level so oh yes. we're talking about percy jackson today by the way if you just closed your eyes and open the podcast app and somehow managed to play this podcast without looking. <laughs> <laughs> but Cole, so, what is this? What is this episode? What are we doing? So we're here. We're reviewing the last Olympian. Yeah. The final the, book in Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Percy Jackson read through series. I, I hate to break up the book, the book club, but it'll come back. I'll, maybe I'll, sometime. it'll come back. It'll come back. <laughs> There's also a, a no guest today. Well, I guess we have two guests today. Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, Cole's cat and my dog might be making surprise uh, appearances today. So because if you hear a sound, here. if you hear a strange sound that might not be made from a human, that's probably what's going on. But we don't have any human guests today. We're just no kind of wanted guests. to kind of wanted to wrap it up as we started with the lightning thief, which was like. So long ago. Yeah, it feels so, so long ago. Well, like, I think with these books, especially this one, like, once a month is, is good. Because although I did read this in a week, I was too, I couldn't put it down. <laughs> I'm a slow reader, which is why I started it for this podcast, but I did not finish it. You want to know how far I got? Uh, Connecticut. The boat. <laughs> Oh gosh, <laughs> that's not very far. <laughs> that's not very far. Like I said when we were texting, yeah, no, not happening before we record. I was like, "Do you want to finish it? We can put it back." Yeah, I just wanted to say Connecticut because it's a it's a double meaning with how far you got because if you mm-hmm. distance or distance in the book. Mm-hmm. But this book is is the longest. It is also, for me at least, far and wide the best one. But I yes. don't know, and I don't know if there are any other series where this one, like, kind of topples the rest of them for me. Like, I think the other ones are good, but, like, for example, I don't like making this comparison for the sake of this series, but, like, Harry Potter, Deathly Hollows is my favorite, probably. It changes every once in a while. But I don't think it like it kind of stands up with the rest of them. I wouldn't say it's like doesn't just destroy them like this one does. Mm-hmm. And I think this one has a lot it's building on. And so like we'll get into our fan casting or sorry, mid book fan casting minute or a few minutes. That's what we're calling the segment segment. <laughs> uh, I think this one just had so many characters that we already met that it was just Every every scene where it was like, oh, we're seeing Mr. D again, we're seeing this person again. It was just really, it was much more timely and just enjoyable because of that. I guess Return of the King probably mm-hmm. is the best last book out there 
Are we going to have to redo the the greatest conclusions episode? No. <laughs> although this one, <laughs> although because we were, we were talking about books in that episode, but if we were going to redo it, I would talk about this because this one. This was a really great, great, great conclusion. For sure. Do you want to get into it? Yeah, let's go. Uh, Percy and Rachel are a thing. Since when? I don't know. I'm just so confused. Yep. Like, I wrote this down. I like it and despise it all at the same time. Like, I can't decide. I really can't decide if he can, if he can, if Rick, sorry, if Rick can write romance or he absolutely can't. Like, either he's really terrible at it and he's just doing these, like, little things or he's the absolute best because, like, it's so awkward at that age and you could be sort of going out with this person, but you're also totally thinking about this person all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, I remember teenagers, my teenage life being that much of a mess. So I can kind of understand. Amen. But he also just might be just like, we'll just have them kiss once and see what happens. Yeah, it's very confusing. I think he does it on purpose, but I also think that it, he was, like you said, kind of just dabbling in teenagerism, if that's what we want to call that. Young adult, yeah. Young adultism. We'll make it an ism of some sort. Although they don't make any dumb teenager mistakes. That's and true. That, that doesn't move the plot in this one for the first time. Because in the yeah. rest of them, there was at least once each book where it's like, oh, they make a ridiculously dumb mistake. And that's how it moves the plot forward. Mm-hmm. And this one doesn't really really happen. No, no. This is it's surprisingly pretty straightforward. I mean, there's not really much room. Well, there is room for error, but not in that, not in that regard. Yes, absolutely. And it so really it, goes straight into suspense. Mm-hmm. The book does. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I can't believe the Princess Andromeda ship is still around. <laughs> I kind of forgotten the ship existed. And they're like, oh, he has to. They're just going to be like, oh, the ship is going around South America. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care about this ship anymore. <laughs> this was the thing in the in the second Percy Jackson. So it comes all the way up to now. Mm-hmm. Of course, in the movie, it was like <laughs> a yacht. A yacht. At best. I almost said, I almost, when you mentioned it, I almost said, uh, wait, do you mean the yacht or the uh, cruise ship? <laughs> you gotta give them a break. They had to, they've had to put so much money into Tyson's face budget <laughs> here and there. Anyway, yeah. definitely here and there. But Beckendorf's deaths in this whole sequence was just, it was insane. It was. Like, they didn't do that. I thought they were just going to bring him back, and then they never did. And there's... And, they do a funeral and mm. yeah i couldn't mm. believe just like the book did that so early and and kind of the, the wrapping up the first chapter even like the first chapter is just amazing mm. like it ends with percy just falling into the into the ocean and like and going unconscious there is one quick comparison that i wanted to make because sure. when i finally i read this before i read harry potter and Beckendorf and his girlfriend, whose name is escaping Boyna. me, at the, yeah, that when I was reading Harry Potter, um, that was definitely 
the vibes I got from Lupin and Tonks. And especially especially how it goes or how it ends up later. Yeah. Sort of. I don't know. <laughs> I like Betten I liked Beckendorf. Um I didn't see a lot of him, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of hard to develop a relationship with him, but it was clear that him and Percy were good friends at this point. And so that and was really sad. We don't see much of the Hephaestus cabin. cabin, but they will get their time to shine, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, and then we go to, before we go back to camp, we go to Poseidon's kingdom. Oh, wait, he fi- he fights... Kronos on the ship. Oh, he does fight Kronos on the ship before it blows up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, Kronos is toying with him. Oh, yeah. He's definitely. invincible. Luke, Luke slash Kronos. <laughs> Which I thought was a fine, was not a fine, was a pretty fine line between it's all Kronos and then they're like, no. No. Nope. Back to that, I guess. Yeah. But I just was like, that first chapter, even going into Poseidon's kingdom, I was like, are they going to retain this suspense the whole time? And yes, they are. <laughs> I think other books have more quiet moments, but this one really has few and far between. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we go to Poseidon's kingdom. He meets, gosh, he meets everybody on his dad's side, I guess. <laughs> Poseidon's Try- interesting because, like, Zeus has Olympus, right? And, of course, mm-hmm. Poseidon goes to Olympus. But he has his own kind of castle that might be better than Olympus of his own. So he's kind of, he's always doing his own thing, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. But then it's he's also not, being completely destroyed at the same time. Yeah, he's not caught up in just the world. He, he, he has his own thing. He's, he can stand alone. Yeah. Whereas Zeus kind of relies on the demigods. <laughs> And the other gods. More or less. I think he likes to think he's the boss, but he might not be entirely. No, no, no. He is not the boss. <laughs> but also Poseidon being on his own is the reason that they're losing. Basically. Mm, yeah. And Percy kind of figures that out. Dad, are you the good guy? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> And also, he does not look good. Looks very um, Battle of Navarro, round two-ish, Pedro Pascal, when they uh, take off his helmet. Wink, wink. That doesn't happen. He doesn't take off his helmet. Oh, sorry. IG-11 takes off his helmet. Yes. (laughs) He's not a living being. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just watched it the other day, so yeah. All right, um, let's keep going. So classic Percy Jackson book. There's a the little time at camp pre-Percy going on a quest. And <laughs> you got to have them. You mm-hmm. know? And this book definitely doesn't do all of the tropes, but that one is, there's a few like this one. Yeah. I love the war council at the ping pong table. <laughs> With the cheetah head. Just up on the wall eating. Yep, absolutely. Gotta have Just, it. Super classic, and it just—I love Camp Half Blood and as a location. And mm-hmm. we don't really have like any battles or anything that happen at Camp Half Blood. There's no capture flag. They're way too busy. 
because we've had battle in the last one. That's true. That's true. I'm sure in the next series there's more, but like in this Percy Jackson series alone. Yeah. Other than, yeah, just the Battle of the Labyrinth was the big one. Yeah. <sighs> cool. My day was made because Percy mentioned the stairs. <laughs> I was like, he did it. He mentioned the stairs. Like, he thought about, he's like, how does Kyron get up these stairs? But then he just kind of brushes it aside. I was like, I'm glad we acknowledged that because I was. Brings us back full circle to the Lightning mm-hmm. Thief episode. I don't remember a lot from the Lightning Thief episode, except I remember ranting about how how in all the, the Greek world did Kyron get up those stairs. Because <laughs> <laughs> in both of his forms, he's not built for climbing stairs. No, no, no. Like, like that anyway. Cole, you want to talk about the Oracle? Yeah. Okay. She gives, you know... Because there's a bunch of bouncing crumbs. back and forth and stuff. It'll be really convoluted if we talk about it that way. And I think we should just talk about the Oracle subplot right now. Because mm-hmm. this is when he goes in there, of course, and it's the mummy lady. And she doesn't really come to life with the green mist like she has before. She doesn't walk around or anything. They're just like, well, it's written down in this necklace. Sure, why not? And so that's how they, they read the prophecy which will come when we, when we go when we come back to the story we'll read the prophecy mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do a sovereign duty there's just so many awesome things that they kind of keep relaying back and i have a confession to make while this is my first time reading percy jackson i accidentally was bouncing around the fandom website which i know for our podcast is not the best because we're a fandom done right podcast right but i ended up reading a description the beginning of their description of the trials of apollo first one and i saw the spoiler for this book and that rachel becomes is that they visited rachel elizabeth there the oracle and i was like what what (laughs) because when i read that i might have read titan's curse Mm -hmm. shame 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 i know so i knew that was what it was building to Mm -hmm. but then i didn't expect them talking about how may Castellan kind of wanted to be the Oracle or had that gift and just how crazy she was. She crazy boy. I mean, totally. I promised we'd stop doing this, but totally Sybil Trelawney vibes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're like, but she's of course a very different character, but just these breaks into prophesying and gosh, it's a tough dude. It's tough job being the Oracle. It's like, Sybil Trelawney and also um, Eleven's mom in Stranger Things. I see. Yeah. Does she, so does the Oracle only have the power to like the prophesying thing? Because later we see that vision where the young Oracle is in like the 40s talking to Hades. And it's yeah. like, I'm like, did she travel there? Like, did she... <laughs> spend three days traveling to wherever he is to tell him this you know like what's the maybe i mean of course she could there's, there's pegasy travel we've yeah we've seen so many ways you could travel faster than human travel in this series but i just thought that was interesting too <laughs> also freaking sure. freaking hades with the curse man like hades is the worst hades sucks <laughs> i think our fan casting was not good enough 
we needed somebody more annoying. But Zachary Quinto is a cool actor. You know, one thing I do appreciate about Hades, just side note here, he actually kept his, he kept the promise. The one that was least likely to keep the promise kept him. Come on, man. (laughs) It's true. And I think there's some kind of rooted fear in, of Zeus and Poseidon. Mm-hmm. But he would never want to admit that. You no. Know? No, 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 no. But yeah, we just always have these building to the Oracle and, and Rachel being on the beach writing in ancient Greek and just just all this awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of clear that that's what we're building to. And I just really enjoy that. I, I just always had this, like, man, Rachel's going to be something... So it wasn't much of a surprise when, to me when she became the Oracle. Yeah. I mean, I knew what she was going to do anyway, but at the time it seemed like it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like the effect in, in any kind of media where it's a dream sequence, but in, in the dream, like Percy's having a dream when you see Rachel writing all these things down. And she's like, she knows that he's seeing her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Percy, what are we going to do? And I'm like, <laughs> what the, what on earth? So cool. Mm-hmm. It's just great. And of course, the old Oracle, when she wasn't a mummy, seemed to be a pretty cool lady, too. She was. She was. Yeah. So let's go back to the prophecy. The prophecy. Cool. Your sovereign duty. Let me let me find it, you know? Ooh, you know what? You can't recite it from memory. I'm going to have to take away the job from you, actually. No, no. <laughs> All right, here we go. I used to have a memorized, believe it or not. I believe Things it. happen. Things happen. I actually had all of the prophecies from all of the books written down somewhere. Goodness. In order. I liked it, you know? All right. The Great Prophecy, a half-blood of the eldest gods, shall reach sixteen against all odds, and see the world in endless sleep. The hero's soul, cursed blade, shall reap. A single choice shall end his days, Olympus to preserve or raise. And we'll talk about this, but I don't think that actually works i don't think i think he wrote his way out of the prophecy that we just heard Mm -hmm. because i don't think that's actually accurate to entirely to what happens but it's a good prophecy you know It, it is a good prophecy and i i definitely think it applies to percy jackson i think hades was trying to say like oh we can just wait it out Mm-hmm. until nico's 16 but i was like are you seeing what's going on like have you experienced the first three chapters because i have and there's no way you're not gonna make it no i love that we just go back into like the day-to-day things for camp half-blood even though it's the end of the world <laughs> and it's very close and they're losing they're fighting a losing war and annabeth and percy are just doing like cabin inspections i can't even remember did percy fail the cabin inspection i think he did i was gonna say he had to have because tyson's gone 
or he hasn't been in his cabin at all. Mm-hmm. That's probably he's been, true. He's Tyson's been off fighting. No, I meant Percy. Like Percy oh. hasn't been in his cabin. He's either been with no. Rachel and his mom and Paul, or he's been. <laughs> Stop giving me those eyes. I mean, I love Paul Blofus. If that's what you're talking about, but <laughs> I thought of a. I actually thought of a good uh, alternate fan casting for Paul Blofus, uh, Paul Rudd. It's funny you mentioned that. Okay, I like that. Because I was we're thinking sticking less... with we're sticking with Wally Goggins because he's oh, yeah. the best choice. He's still the best choice. But if we, he if he had a contract mix up and we had to do a recast, Paul Rudd would I be was, the man. For some reason, I thought last night, man, you know who Paul because. I was watching uh, Ant-Man with my girlfriend because uh, she hasn't seen it. We're getting caught up on the Marvel movies. And so we were watching Ant-Man and I was like, man, I wish we had put Paul Rudd in some, as someone in this. Then I went, Mr. D, he would have done, I like Jack Black, but Mr. D would have been good for Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd could play anyone though. Oh yeah. And then I was sitting here thinking, mm, maybe Chiron? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, if it was totally a comedy series. Oh, that's true. Like, entirely comedy all the time, then Paul Rudd would be a fantastic (laughs) Chiron. But otherwise, he would not, he'd be like, yeah, trade heroes. (laughs) (laughs) Like that video, the the mask. The The mask video. The mask video. We gotta yeet this Titan. (laughs) (laughs) Let's yeet this Titan, man. So he, he would be good as all of Kyron's <laughs> brethren of sometimes, <laughs> but not Kyron himself. No. Oh, my oh gosh. My wow, we are going on rabbit trails today. Okay. okay. Also, you know, if your girlfriend ever wants to listen to a podcast about a Marvel rewatch, I know, I know a guy. I know a guy. I, I know, know a guy. guy. Watched, I know a guy that watched all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But, goodness. So... We finally get what I feel like is going to be a romantic scene. They they literally leave the cabin, which the all of the like all of the Athena cabin is in on this. Mm-hmm. Which there's no Poseidon people to be in on this, so really, but they're like, yeah, we'll give you guys some privacy. Like that's pretty nice of them. Like they're mm-hmm. all they're all rooting for Annabeth, and then and it's against the rules, and then of course. That just doesn't work out because Percy's dumb and he's all grumpy or something. And I'm like, who cares? It's the end of the world. And this is just just, just I, do it, man. <laughs> I had to I had to quote the book here because it was just Rick is just mm, Chef's kiss. She screams at him, "You're a coward, Percy Jackson." And then Percy <laughs> says, "I started to realize I was not sure if she was speaking of just the prophecy anymore." And I was like, "Yeah, idiot. Well, of course, duh." duh. I don't know. Do you, are there? Have you met anyone that's like a Percy and Rachel should have been together? People? No. Okay. I haven't either. But you know, just we're not we're not doing a Hunger Games read along because I'm not pushing myself through that again. But no. there's a lot of there's a lot of Peta and Katniss. I guess this well, will this will hurt my credibility. But I'm a Gale and Katniss person. I know. But moving. He killed on. her sister. That's the anyhow. That's just true, but um, that yeah, the Percy and Rachel uh kind of falls apart when she becomes the Oracle. 
And, yeah. you know, also when Annabeth and Luke do their, do their thing at the end of the book, this book. Yeah, I didn't think Annabeth and Luke was that kind of love. And I'm glad that Annabeth kind of confirmed that mm-hmm. for us. All right, so let's kind of skip a little bit because we have a lot to cover. So it's kind of a mini quest. Uh, it still feels like a quest side that quest. he goes on. It's a side. It's a side quest, but bigger than a side quest. It's fundamental to this book. Uh, shout out to the only comic relief of this book, which is Mrs. O'Leary. <laughs> I've been thinking about that. Is there someone Rick knows? Was there some basis for? Did he know somebody named Mrs. O'Leary? I feel like he had to. He had to. Like, that can't be... No one just goes, hmm, I'm going to make a dog and or a hellhound, and I'm going to name her Mrs. O'Leary. Like, where does that... Who just goes pulls that it out could of have been a t- It could have been an old English teacher or something. Because he was the teacher. Could have been a colleague. Oh, colleague. Anyway, but... Yeah. Nico, Nico and Percy go on a mini quest and it, I was confused as to where they were going with everything because they uh, I just they kept holding it in front of me like oh they're gonna do something but they talk about the plan I'm like I'm, I'm dying actually right now inside like this is really killing me like why can't they just be like we're gonna go get you the Achilles curse okay great <laughs> then we could see how it unfolds or whatever but they were just like we're we gonna go to this place we gotta go to this place Gosh, but Connecticut was crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, May Castellan is crazy, like literally, but like hundreds of sandwiches. And it was just a really sad part of the book. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I didn't like, I feel like I liked Luke's character in the first or second book, and then I got kind of tired of him. And so this book yeah. did a lot to making me appreciate his character more and where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure is what he was going for. And she's... It's just why he would hate Hermes. But who would hate Nathan Fillion? I mean, really? I wouldn't. But yeah, so they figure out that he needs to get the blessing. And then they go back and they meet the greatest character of this book before they go leave Connecticut. Hestia. Oh, yes. Like, ah. Hestia hmm. is the character of this book. Like, I didn't realize until later just how awesome she is. And just, like, I thought I was confused as to what I thought Percy was the last Olympian or something. And they'd just be like, he'd be the last one or whatever. I don't know. I didn't think what I didn't know for sure what it was going to be. But Hestia. Hestia. And just the one you didn't expect. And I think that's that's Rick's like writing style too. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like he I feel like he planned this out so far in advance. Like he really didn't talk about Hestia at all. And mm-hmm. he's like, Hestia is gonna be the like the pin in this whole thing. Because she's the last Olympian in that she when all of Olympus is gone, she doesn't. She's not on one of the thrones anymore. She gave that up for Dionysus, Mister D, mm-hmm. and so, kind of at the end of the world, she'll still be there. And so she's the last Olympian in that way. That's so just, good. That's powerful. And and she 
she holds this terrible, terrible destiny, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she just handles it with such grace. Like she's just super, super chill. Sounds like a dumb way to say it, but she's very calm and re- yes. And she already knows what he's gonna do. She knows all. Maybe. <laughs> And I think I've, I think I haven't said this since the Lightning Thief episode, but it can't be you can't have a good quest without going to hell. No. So they go to hell again, and if it's still okay. up for debate if this is a quest, it's officially a quest because they go to hell. <laughs> when I write my uh, young adult novel, they're just gonna go to hell like six times. Jeez. Like oh my gosh, we gotta go to hell again. Again. We just got back. We just got back from hell. But this is where the bad guys are. Ooh. No, I'm just kidding. I just, I don't, I don't read with music. I know David and Luke were talking about that. But I, I can feel like a suspenseful score kind of going through. Mm-hmm. I felt it most in this series in two moments. And one of them was here in the, when he dives into the river sticks to get his um, Achilles curse and just the whole process of him holding on to Annabeth kind of holding on to the real world. And I felt it in the Titan's curse when he took Atlas's burden. Mm-hmm. And just those two times, just, that's so cinematic. And I think this series will really, hopefully go for it. I really if don't. They, they're going to they need a serious budget. Right. Yeah, they're, they're going to need a serious budget. budget. But this is I don't Disney know. we're talking if about. It's, yeah, if it's backed by Disney, budget is not an issue but I feel like this one's going to be a bigger than WandaVision's budget even. Because I have I heard something about WandaVision being insane. And I don't understand that. Yet. <laughs> We're still halfway through. <laughs> Listeners. I think you know what it's time for. <gasps> it's time. It's time for the mid-book fan casting minutes or a few minutes that's what we're calling this segment segment <laughs> i love that title i just wanted to just want a little change of pace you know we're going for the calm reserve spencer you know i i didn't i didn't make anyone crash their vehicles last time but we can only hope i did <laughs> we can only hope there was some bike some bike stops or some abrupt changes to people's lifestyles but this thoughts time, and prayers thoughts and prayers yep this time it's a very calm reserved fantastic minute <laughs> <laughs> all right do you want to talk about the new ones first or do you want to talk about the best ofs first Let, let's talk about the new ones first let's do it okay we don't have every little character in this one there's a bunch of little side people that are like I'm going to destroy you. People. I came up with a funny one just because. Sounds good. Okay, so let's get into it. You're the, you're the expert on this. You got the list. All right, so we're just going to dive right in. We didn't, we're, we're going to go all out on the budget here. Let's start with Achilles oh, yes. since, we're, so, so since we're here. Last time, last time you'll remember in this, you know, metaphysical uh, series that Cole and I are making. Totally. <laughs> um, we went Moneyball on Battle of the Labyrinth because we spent, quote-unquote, all of our budget 
on Hugh Jackman. I say quote unquote because we were saving 90% of our budget. <laughs> For a character for, that gets five minutes or less. less. We are bringing back Brad Pitt. <laughs> For Achilles. Wig and all. Oh, and he, not the wig. He's going to wear the big blonde wig. He's going to be fantastic. And he's going to have to put on the muscle again. But he's Brad Pitt. He'll be fine. So Brad Pitt's coming back as Achilles, guys. I've got to go. I've, I've got to go to your texts because I didn't have time to write them down. But if uh, if Brad Pitt says no, let's bring back Logan Lerman for a cameo. Ooh. That was totally off the fly, but I wanted to find a place for Logan Lerman again. So, mm-hmm. so uh, let's see. And then we have, so we've talked about this. We've got David Thewlis as Morpheus. Yep. David Thewlis played Lupin in Harry Potter. We talked about him last time a bit. So we're bringing him back for another character. Basically the and god of, god of sleep, but technically the god of dreams. Sleep and dreams. Um, and then Persephone. Um, Persephone, Lord. Sorry. <laughs> We've got um, Rosario Dawson again, which yep. she's oof. famous right now for Ahsoka, Shh. but she's done a lot of stuff. I knew her before she was Ahsoka. A lot. Of, I remember a lot of things she did. She's yeah. She's done a ton. She's in the Marvel movies, ish. She's in the Marvel She's Netflix a- series. Nah. <laughs> Daredevil She's, is good. Fighting in Marvel. hallways. Fighting, Fighting in hallways. There weren't. Were there any hallway fights in this book? I don't. No. Big street mm. fights and bridge fights only. Mm. Oh no! Oh, there was a there tunnel. Was, yeah, there was a tunnel. That's, that's a like big, a that's a really big, big hallway, hallway fight. <laughs> there was also a big uh, fight on like the like the hellscape. I guess after the mm-hmm. river sticks, but so no hallways, no hallways. Uh, Demeter or Demeter? I we're uh, we're kind of just um. I feel like we're bringing back some of the ones like David Hewlett. We're going to bring back Helen Mirren because we talked about casting her for Hera, but she's unfortunately too old, probably. But this mm-hmm. is kind of perfect for her, and she's she's just great. She's fantastic. And yes. I liked I liked Luke's thoughts, so we're bringing her back. And then, are you ready for Prometheus? Yes. You're gonna freak out. That's why I didn't want to tell you last night. What we okay. were texting about this. Okay. I was also asleep, so. <laughs> okay. Listeners, you might not be watching this show anymore because I'm do- totally not. But he pretty much single-handedly carried the first two seasons of The Flash. For me. And I am just going to make sure that I don't get his name wrong. I think I know who you're going to say. He played Harrison Wells. (gasps) Tom Cavanaugh. Oh, yes. Oh, I love it. I was trying to find. I kept thinking of him every time we were doing a fan casting. And I completely forgot about him for the last one. And so he's just perfect. Honestly, he is. Oh, I love it. The Hallmark movie man himself. He is kind of a Hallmark movie man, but he no, is. he is. He is. He's in so I've many Hallmark that. movies. I've seen the ads for those and I'm like, 
is this real? Because like I don't, I've literally only seen him as Harrison in- Wells. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's perfect. Ooh. Ooh. And I've seen like two episodes of season three, so anything after that, I don't understand. But yeah, don't. side note, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna talk about the CW on this podcast, probably ever. No, ever. But I've thought about. I've thought of. I have a. I have an idea for a series that might include something from it. But we'll talk about that later, Cole. Off the later. air. Off air. Off the air. Off air. But Harrison Wells season two over Harrison Wells season one. Mm, perfect. It's great at playing a bad guy, but a narcissistic good guy is also great. Mm-hmm. So Tom Cavanaugh. So that's perfect. I'm I'm gonna that one's gonna be with me for a little while, but we're gonna we're gonna have to move on a little bit. Um Hestia. So we're yeah, yeah, we've got Hestia. Or do you want me to give you my funny yes, uh, funny one for Typhon? For Typhon? Even though he doesn't talk, which is perfect, that's that's why I came up with this. Vin Diesel as Typhon. Oh, as like a as like a group character. I am Typhon. He's probably just gonna grunt a few times. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Alternatively, uh, Sean Gunn could do the motion capture. <laughs> you could get a pretty necklace. It would make the other girls go woo. Okay. Pretty knife. <laughs> goodness all right What's next? um uh so we're skip let's go over the ones that we're skipping all because... the big dc dc villain type characters <laughs> yeah all I'm the titans to destroy you percy jackson oh <laughs> uh, yeah so we've got hyperion triton amphrite Poseidon's wife, uh, Hecate. Oh, okay. Hecate. Okay. Uh, Luke's mom, we're not casting. That's about it. We just didn't really come up with a one, good one for May Castellan. There's a lot of good people that could do it, and I didn't want to pick someone that done the same role, like the, it like would, the mom from Stranger Things or something. I think it would, it would be a little interesting if we had saved uh tilda swinton for her instead of the oracle she might be a bit too old though i also think that i totally forgot about tilda swinton playing the oracle by the way but it would be interesting if we did both because luke's mom did try to be the oracle it's true but I think she's not like a happy crazy. Like I couldn't see Tilda Swinton doing that. No. Uh, I don't know. White witch. I was thinking more of like a white witch meets um, the ancient one. Hmm. That's what I was thinking about for the Oracle, though. Oh yeah. But yeah, Hestia well, is the last one then. The yes, the last fan casting. As see? some might say, ooh. Okay, so we thought about this, and Hestia is going to be another Artemis for our fan casting, where it could be seen as a young girl, but we're going to take some creative liberty with it and cast somebody that's a little older, just someone that's a little more experienced. And this person, we uh, Cole and I have a 
personal kind of <laughs> outrage a little bit. It's a random Marvel side story, but if not you remember at, Cassidy Lang, we're not we're not mad at her. Just to be clear, no, we're we're not mad, mad at Marvel. her. We're a little mad at Marvel. Yeah. So if you Marvel's remember, we're back to Ant Man. We're back to Paul Rudd. It's not their first recasting, but no. Although apparently, Kevin Feige wasn't really involved in the Don Cheadle thing. Nope. So, anywho, so Cassie Lang uh, aged up for Endgame, and so this, the she was played by Emma Furman, and then they were like, of course they're gonna build for her to become the kind of third Ant Man type character, and she got recasted, and uh, they didn't tell her. They casted somebody a little more well-known for Ant-Man 3 and just didn't tell her. So we're going to bring back Emma Furman for the Percy Jackson series to play Hestia. I think she'll do good. I'm kind of imagining like a teenager at a campfire in the woods, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead of like a little girl, I guess. And it will still be like unassuming. But she'll be like, yep, goddess of the earth. Here I am. Alison Bry could, even though she's a little bit older, she could have done it too. It's because you're watching Community. Yes. But I, I think Emma Furman's yeah. 19, so it's kind of like Calypso and Zendaya's age. Kind of Ooh, yes. So kind of got that whole category of fan casting. But Cole, we're at the end of Percy Jackson read-through series. What were your favorites? Or some of your favorites? Uh, definitely... Uh, Nick Offerman as Hephaestus. That's a good one. Yeah. Doctor Chase, because I actually saw something with him. Oh, he Josh was Holloway. in. Yeah, he was in the first uh, paintball episode of Community. Yeah. Yep, second one. Second one. Yeah, second old one. West one. Yeah. Yes. I forgot um, that. There's there's just so many good ones. I like Apollo. Ooh. James Roday is Apollo. Mm. This is definitely the book where I, I texted you about this, where I felt like I was reading a lot of these in the characters that we casted. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and that, that's not going to hurt how I see the Percy Jackson series either. At least no. for me. I'm not even, not even phased, you know? There's no way mm-hmm. they're going to have this budget, so. <laughs> my dog's then... being a stinker and trying to knock over my mic. Shame on him. Yeah, Mr. D, Mr. D is Mr. a good D's one. Mr. D Jack Black. I really appreciate that. And the more I think about it, the more he's kind of better for it than Stanley Tucci even was. So that yes. one, that was my number one. Like he is Dionysus to me, especially in the scene with Dionysus where he's like mm-hmm. playing arcade games. That's Jack Black right there. <laughs> it's air, a little bit of air guitar, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And then Hugh Jackman as Chiron. Mm-hmm. Was really good, and I think. I think- Go, Go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to say my favorite one. Go ahead. I think I think you know which one it is. Uh, I know which one it is. It's definitely Aries. Definitely Nicolas Cage is Aries. <laughs> Don't care what age he is. Nicolas Cage is ageless. He's eternally 50. Like so, Paul Rudd. <laughs> like Paul Rudd. And disagree as much as you want. I think Pedro Pascal is a great Poseidon. I love Pedro uh, Pascal as Poseidon. I do too. But we've had some guests disagree with us there. I mean, he's, as it seems, he's always going to be like, you know, 
the one that has father issues, but he's the father. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna pause real quick and get okay. his toy and close the window. Toys? Because that's why he's going. <laughs> okay. You stinker. Yeah, you are. Aww. Big dummy. <laughs> and I'm talking about my dog this time, not Percy Jackson. <laughs> All right. So now we're going back to the Battle book. for you, New York. Yeah, back to the book. Back to the book. There's a lot. There's so much battling in New York that I don't really know how we're going to talk about all of it. But what were some of your, I guess, favorite moments in there? Don't the um, don't the centaurs come back and fight? Yes. Yes. Like at the, the last die. second. Um, that was a really good one. Plan 23. Like, plan 23 was cool. The flying pig was insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fly. And just him trying to kill it. And just so much. And Blackjack's like, you're crazy. You're insane, man. And wow, a flying wow, pig. Wow, a flying pig. I'm yes. a I'm a bird and a horse mixed together. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> just so much going on mm -hmm. in this battle. I like when Grover and Percy kind of take down one of the Titans single handedly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's or just four handedly. Four handedly, yeah. He's definitely not as strong as he could be. Like when they take over Olympus, and like he'd be bigger and stronger. They probably couldn't do it, but it's mm -hmm. still cool. And so much going on. I mean, mm -hmm. so a lot of people die. It's really sad. And then we have a lot of stuff in between, which we kind of talked about with the the visions of Nico, yeah, and and the original Oracle. And then we also have Rachel side story and how she needs to basically go back to new york mm -hmm. to save percy maybe maybe just don't okay. kiss him <laughs> i really I like the beginning oh go ahead oh i like how we finally learn about um nico yeah we kind of learned what happened to him and we kind of knew i feel like i kind of knew everything mm-hmm but they hid him away because of the great prophecy. Yeah. And so that's pretty great. And I guess the Oracle must have written down the prophecy when she was alive. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. I like the beginning of the battle where they it's this whole dramatic thing from Mount Olympus where the whole city is asleep. And they kinda they had literally fulfilled the prophecy saying like the world is asleep. Yes very direct it does it does feel like though he's like it's the end of the world but i'm also going to write myself into like a localization of it <laughs> just so we can like still follow it i guess mm -hmm. and eventually oh and I, I we should talk about how selena's death and clary's taking down the dragon that was a yes that was an awesome awesome part and a separate prophecy was fulfilled entirely. Right. <laughs> it's so sad that Selena was 
the spy, but I was so happy that they never spoke of it again. Yeah. Yeah. The and Dionysus then... scene might have happened bef- a mm-hmm. little bit before, but it's still... He just pre- I just love how he still pretends not to care about him, but like he's also giving him vital information to... Oh, we missed a fun part. Oh, what did we miss? Prometheus. Yes, we did miss a little bit with Prometheus. Just saying, with, like, you're going to lose. Yeah, with Pandora's box. Yes. Box, a, quotation marks. Yes, it's a vase, but it's still still a box. It's Pandora's box. Just, It's fine, it's a vase, but <laughs> whatever. Oh, and I just love what he decides to do with it. Inevitably, he just gives it to Hestia. Mm-hmm. And like she should have hold the hope or whatever, and she's like totally. He kind of pulled an Obi Wan, or uh, Princess Leia. Yeah, I mean it was. You're our only hope. It's just really smart of Percy, and so great for his character in this series, and that mm-hmm. he's just it just shows him to be like the the great hero that he is. Because sometimes he's this great hero, and then sometimes he's this bumbling kind of idiot, dumb, dummy, <laughs> dummy. And so, <laughs> dummy god. <laughs> ah! Ooh, got him. No, got him. No, so he's just this great character, and he's a great hero. And I mm-hmm. think it just more cements that Percy Jackson is my favorite character, and he's the main character, and it's it's fine, it's okay. Yeah, I, we've talked about this, but for once the main character is like your favorite character yeah although this, there's probably a handful there's a pretty solid handful of people that are like annabeth is my favorite character and i i can appreciate that but mm-hmm. there's a lot to talk about with with annabeth let's see i think we're so, just yeah. we should just move into the the big finale yes on olympus because there's just so much there's so much and we really couldn't talk about it all and that's okay definitely so so spoilers for the end so like if you have already been okay with spoilers so we're just gonna keep going so it's grover annabeth and percy trying to fight luke slash chronos and chronos is kind of struggling with luke's body kind of taking back over because luke's regretting his decisions Mm -hmm. i didn't follow it super well but it was a hard read. It was a hard read because he's like in the throne room and he's trying to fight with this scythe and I don't know. It's he's fighting thing. multiple battles at once. He's fighting. Yeah, I mean, it's always like the bad guys fighting and uh, fighting Percy head on. Annabeth's doing distracting things in the background, and then Grover is nervously playing his reed pipe, <laughs> making making uh, wood magic. That's it. Wood magic. Every single every single. Every single battle is just like that. Yes. And then he's fighting himself. Ooh. Ooh. Well, he's getting hot because, like, he'll incinerate Luke's body eventually. Mm-hmm. Which is, oof. Okay, so so he, do, he can't kill Annabeth because Luke's holding him back. Yes. And the choice that Percy makes is giving Luke slash Kronos the knife that's Annabeth's knife that Luke gave her and then Luke kills himself with the knife in the spot 
that makes him vulnerable, his Achilles heel. And then Luke obviously kind of kills Kronos that way. Quote unquote kills. I mean, he's not dead, but put him away for a hundred or a thousand or whatever years. Yeah. Percy's grandchildren will kill him next time. Probably. You know, every, every couple thousand years. That's more than his grandchildren, but (laughs) so that's the part of the prophecy. I guess we can get to the prophecy at how it's fulfilled. Mm hmm. Let's just go through it. Yes. So, a half-blood of the eldest gods. Percy. Ooh, I wonder what this means. Percy. Um, shall reach 16 against all odds. Ooh. Sure. That's what we've been doing this whole series. <laughs> For five years. <laughs> and see the world in endless sleep. We've mentioned that as Morpheus. That was pretty direct, yeah. Mm-hmm. The hero's soul, cursed blade, shall reap, which is Luke. Yeah, so Luke is the hero's soul, even though it's been talking about Percy this whole time. The Cursed Blade is not the Scythe, and it's not Riptide, which are both of those are kind of Cursed Blades anyway. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? So the Cursed Blade is just cursed because Luke gave it to Annabeth, and that's his, like, falling point or something. She's that's, his weakness. That's 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 not... That's... <laughs> to quote Deadpool, that's just lazy writing. <laughs> lazy writing. I knew that was coming. We watched it. Yeah, me and Mooney watched it the other night. Mooney yeah. the podcast. Happy birthday, Mooney. Happy birthday. All right. And what's the rest of it? And Is then it? a single choice shall end his days. Uh, Percy makes the choice to give Luke the knife. But it's ending Luke's days, not Percy's. Yes. Again, his referring statement. to the hero, hero's soul. Yeah. And then Olympus to preserve or raise. And they preserve Olympus. Yes. But it's just, it's silly. Like, I just, eh. It didn't, I didn't, it, it didn't tie a bow on the prophecy like the other books have. Not at all. But also, and the then, Battle of the Labyrinth prophecy wasn't the best either. So. And then we get a new prophecy. Oh, yeah. What was that one? I completely forgot already. The Prophecy of Seven. Seven half-bloods shall answer the call. To storm or fire, the world must fall. An oath to keep with a final breath. And foes bear arms to the doors of death. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. This might be spoilers. But is this the the first sequel series? Or is this the Egyptian one? This is Heroes of Olympus. Okay. I appreciate... I feel like with Harry Potter, you couldn't really do it. They kind of wrote themselves out of a follow-up, but Rick's Thank like, follow-ups, <laughs> more of them. But this is definitely the kind of the original core series. Mm-hmm. I think core is a good way to to put it. So kind of everybody gets all the best stuff yes. from the gods yeah. because they saved Olympus. So Grover's kind of the next pan, but he's not a god. And Percy's offered immortality. He's basically offered to be like Dionysus for Poseidon, mm-hmm. which is just crazy. And of course, he turns it down. He pulls a Hercules, Disney Hercules. Ooh, you know, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> it's okay. Oops. <laughs> but he chooses to force the gods rule, like the Zeus rule, I guess, to mm-hmm. claim their children. And so 
this kind of doesn't happen again and they can interact with them more and solidifying that this is all zeus's fault Mm. because that is one thing that zeus does not do ever is say that this is his fault (laughs) yeah for sure but why would zeus admit that you know that's against his character to be he's got to be like the worst but he can't admit that he's the worst yep see everybody minor gods be respected Mm -hmm. oh that's a big part that's a big thing and the big three pack just break it now the now they all three can do whatever they want great yay i mean poseidon's already having a bunch of cyclops children regardless but it's fine yep all the victims of the war, you know, they reach Valhalla. I mean, Elysium. Yep. Yep. And then, of course, they... We have to... It can't be a good Percy Jackson book without... Oh, no, there's a big plot to us happening at camp. Again. Again. <laughs> so they have to rush back to camp. Again. And, of course, it's Rachel becoming the Oracle. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot hippoc- to mention Annabeth also. Oh, yeah. Annabeth gets to be the architect to rebuild Olympus. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what are you going to say about the hippocampi? The hippocampi, you know, doesn't die. <laughs> yeah. We kept it alive. It's true. Now you're talking about the Orpheo Terrace. Oh, the, maybe the I sea am. Cow. Yeah, the sea cow. The sea cow stays alive. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I thought they were going to use it. And they just kept not. They just it was like, it's, it, there. It is. It's there. It's over in the corner while everybody's it's over in the corner. Trying you know, to kill power each to other. destroy Olympus. Let's just kill each other, though. Let's dance, but by dance, I mean let's kill each other. More Deadpool for you. <laughs> All right, and that just that wraps a big old bow on the Percy Jackson series. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good. And my favorite last scene of this book is is when Poseidon comes to meet Percy at camp again. Mm-hmm. I just really liked how they did that. And that was the first time it really hit me that Pedro Pascal is, is oh, Poseidon. Yeah. So. Gosh. Well, this is my, for ranking wise, this is totally my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think my official for all of them trying to remember now what i said last time but it's last olympian i think i said titan's curse was still better in battle for me and then battle sea of monsters and lightning thief although i don't really like that lightning thief or sea of monsters are that low yeah but i like sea of monsters more than lightning thief ultimately and so what's your Mm -hmm. ranking this is definitely number one and then Titan's Curse was number two. And then Sea of Monsters. No, Lightning Thief is three. Sea of Monsters is four. And then Battle of the Labyrinth is five. Right, because Cole's a hater. <laughs> I'm not a hater. I just, I didn't have a good experience with that book. <laughs> yeah. Is it time for favorite chapter titles? Yes, it is. There's some um, good ones in this one. There are some fun ones in this. I drive my dog into a tree. My cookies get scorched. <laughs> I think Pig's Fly has to be the best. Yes. 
What was the one I just saw? Oh, I take the worst bath ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, da, da. We say goodbye, sort of. That wasn't my Percy pa- Jackson. That was just Rick saying that. Mm-hmm. My parents go commando. Ooh. Yikes. <laughs> I think Pigs Fly still has to be my favorite. Yep. Yes. Oh, wow. There's a whole list of deaths on the Wikipedia We're not getting page. into that. We're not, We're not going there. That. All so, right. As we kind of shift gears for our second kind of just smaller second part of this episode, it's kind of the retrospective of this series. I've really enjoyed doing it. It was really cool. It was kind of like I wasn't sure if people even listened to it, and a lot of people like it. So Yeah. Uh, thanks for dropping in to listen to this series. I really appreciate that. It's been really fun. Sorry for all our bad pronunciations. (laughs) Sorry. Specifically Tim's. (laughs) It's it's been fun. Just kidding. Um, Just to go back and go, oh man, yeah, that happened. And just, especially while I was reading, like, the wrap-up of kind of the Percy Jackson trilogy, series trilogy. It's five, five, though. No, no, no. No, 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 no. There's the series trilogy. Oh. There's the Percy Jackson and the Olympians, Heroes of Olympus and Trials of Apollo. Oh, gotcha. And now he's he says he's done with that. This is the end of Percy Jackson's story. Well, the Trials of Apollo just ended in like... Like, didn't he, the last one come out like last year? Mm-hmm. So... But, but yeah, our second segment, let's just let's talk about what, what else is there in the Percy Jackson universe okay. because it's well, a very expanded universe. Uh, we had a um, lot of silly segments. The fan casting minute was a good time. I think it's just cool. I can't... We've done a lot of special series already, but I don't have like a favorite one. But mm-hmm. I just like how this one's kind of evolved and Cole and I haven't done a ton together yet, so that was, no. that was cool to do yeah. that too. Um he was kind of my main guest on the Marvel Rewatch series, but he certainly was not my only guest. No, it's there were so many, so many, so many, so many recurring guests. But that was super fun too. Mm-hmm. And then it's cool to have everybody else in the podcast come yeah. on, and we still get to do the beginning and last episodes together. Mm-hmm. So that was super sick. Yes. But yeah, the rest of it, we're going to talk about what else is there because there's a huge expanded universe that I understand very little of. You don't have to talk about, like, all plot details and stuff. No, no, I'm just, I'm going to kind of go over, so there's the Percy Jackson universe. There are, let's go through, there's one, two, three, four, five different series in the Percy Jackson universe. Written by Rick. Written by Rick Riordan, specifically. Um, so we have Percy Jackson and the Olympian and the Olympians, which follows the Greek god, uh, the Greek pantheon, and Percy Jackson, son of Poseidon, as we just visited the core series, yeah. kind of. That's the it's what started it all, and that's kind of where it's the core. And then we have the King Chronicles, which is a trilogy: the Red Pyramid, Throne of Fire, and Serpent's Shadow, which centers on the Egyptian gods. And it's not like Percy Jackson in a lot of ways. We have uh, 
Sadie and Carter Kane. Where do they parents, live? They live in New York, across the bay. Oh, nice. S- <laughs> but the they don't have a camp, and they're also not exactly children of the gods. They're the embodiment of the gods. They can invoke their powers, and they have like an astral form that surrounds them, and they become the gods. Interesting. And it's more it's more centered around magic than anything, um, because they are magicians. There's no camp, but they have houses. So there's houses all over the world, almost like sanctum sanctorums. Okay. And they can go to each each one of them, um, teleport there and back. And you know what? I liked this series a little bit more than Percy Jackson. Just wow. It had a very satisfying ending. It's also being adapted into a Netflix a, series. Into a Netflix television series. So Netflix is jumping on that bandwagon. Mm-hmm. But that probably means it could be a loose adaptation. Netflix, you never know. It, yeah. could, be a me- it could be a mess. It could be rated R, basically. <laughs> you really, we really have no idea. And so I feel like, and it won't, it probably won't connect to the Disney Plus series, but that's probably not. So, and there's a few references, which is disappointing because there actually is a crossover series, a short crossover series between Percy Jackson and the two Kane kids. Um, In the Kane Chronicles? No, they're just completely separate. Oh, okay. They do, um, the son of Sobek, which is the crocodile god, and that's Percy and Carter, and then the staff of Serapis is Annabeth and Sadie, and then the crown of Ptolemy is um, all four. And are those full books, or are they like short They're short stories. stories. Okay. You can buy the whole collection at Barnes & Noble. Ooh, nice. Probably on Amazon, too. And Amazon, yeah. So, and then... They make some references to each other. Um, I know in the King Chronicles, they see Blackjack. They see a horse flying around near the Empire State Building. So it's happening at the same time? Yes. Or, oh wow. But yeah, that's all for the King Chronicles. And then we have Heroes of Olympus, which deals with the prophecy of the Seven. Right. It starts with the lost hero... Uh, son of Neptune, the Mark of Athena, the House of Hades, and the Blood of Olympus. And so this um, is the Greek slash Roman, I guess. This is the Roman one. Yes. But it's um, the sequel to Percy Jackson. It series. is a direct sequel to the Percy Jackson series. And you find out that the Greek gods have split personalities. And they can switch at will or not at will to um their roman counterparts interesting except for one because he he wasn't given an alternate name okay so and that one they're fighting the titans parents right the giants yeah yes we get a everybody from percy jackson comes back and we get a whole slew of new characters 
very surprising new characters. Probably don't want to spoil that. No spoilers. No spoilers. But they're from the Roman camp. Yeah, there's a Roman camp. The Roman camp is over in Mm -hmm. California. Nice. Very nice. I feel, like this sh- kind of, I feel like this is where kind of people get a little convoluted, like, what? Yeah. And so it's just, it's expanded universe. You just kind of got to get into it, you know? And then f- after that, there is Magnus Chase and the gods of Asgard, which deal with the Norse gods. There's a lot into this one. It was a lot of fun because the Norse gods are very mysterious. So he had a lot of creative liberty. Have you figured out who Magnus is yet? No, I haven't. Am I supposed to have been able to figure that out? A little bit. His name is Magnus Chase. Oh, okay. So he's related. <laughs> so he's like her bro- Annabeth's brother? Cousin. Oh, he's just cousin. Okay. Yeah. But they took a really good twist with this, with the gods of Asgard, because... There's no camp. Yet again, there's no camp. Right. What the Norse mythologies are known most for is Valhalla. But to get into Valhalla, you have to be dead. So the main character is killed in the first chapter. Interesting. And he goes to Hotel Valhalla, which is where they all train for uh, Ragnarok. Of course. And of course, it's also in New York City. <laughs> oh my goodness. But it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And he He's travels like, Marvel around. Marvel can do all this stuff in New York City, so I can too. Yes. He travels around with a dwarf and an, a light elf, I think. Yeah. And they're, they're a lot of fun. Um, how many, the, and how many books are there for that one? Three. The Sword of Summer, The Hammer of Thor, because... We can't tell a Norse story without Thor losing his hammer. Yep. And then the ship of the dead. We got to wrap it up real quick. Oh, okay. And then there's Trials of Apollo, which those are about Apollo. And that's Um, the, the end of the Percy Jackson series for now. For now. And how many Trials of Apollo books are there? Five. Hidden Oracle, Dark Prophecy, Burning Maze, Tyrant's Tomb, and Tower of Nero. Those are about Apollo as a mortal. And um, he's facing the emperors of Rome. Nice. Um, And then there's Rick Riordan Presents, which, since we need to wrap this up, I won't go into full detail about... But these are not connected to Percy Jackson at all. But there's, I'm going to butcher these, Pandava Quintet, which is about Hindu mythology. Uh, The Stormrunner Trilogy, which is about Mayan and Aztec mythology. Throne of Sand Duology, which is a spinoff of Stormrunner and focuses specifically on Aztec. Sal and Gabby duology, which is Cuban mythology. I've never heard of that. There's some very obscure ones. Tristan Strong trilogy, which is West African and African American mythologies. And then there's one about Mexican mythology, 
there's a Korean mythology. There's a Ghanaian mythology, which that one's about vampire hunting. So many, so many ones. So many. Insane. And then there's a Santeria mythology. There's another dragon, or Korean mythology that's not connected to the previous Korean mythology. <laughs> and then a Navajo mythology, a Mesopotamia. Mesopotamian mythology, and then a Hmong mythology. And at the moment, that's everything right now. Well, good. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a lot of things going on. You know, I don't know if we're going to pick up on the one of the next. I I don't know if I'm going to read those extra ones, but I might read one of some of the Rick stuff. Yeah, I, I recommend reading the Rick stuff because the Rick stuff is really good. The Ryordan presents they're okay. I haven't <laughs> I haven't read them all, but I've read, read all, all of Rick's stuff. Yeah. I've read all of Rick's stuff. All right. All right. Well, that's an episode. That's a wrap on the Prissy Jackson read through series. Thank you Woo. so much for listening. Uh, Cole, thanks for doing this series with me. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Uh, next week on the podcast, there'll be the next episode of the Star Wars Rewatch series with Attack of the Clones. Awesome. And Cole and I will see you next time, probably on Marvel Monthly. Woo! All right. Yeah. See you guys. See ya.